Welcome to According to the Scriptures, where doing things according to God's Word is of eternal importance to us. I'm Kyle Webb, your host, and I thank you for joining me today. Over the last several weeks, we've been talking about worship and mostly how our worship can be influenced by outside things, things of the world, and especially our own pleasures and desires, the things that we think would make God happy rather than what God says will make him happy. And we've looked at particularly the Corinthians, and we've looked at how they uh, there were some things that needed to be corrected in regard to their worship. We began in chapter 11 talking about the Lord's Supper and how they had turned it into a common meal and things of that nature, how they uh, had forgotten the reason for the partaking of the Lord's Supper which was to remember the Lord's death. That is how the Lord's Supper was instituted, and that is how we are to continue to observe it even today. We talk about uh, the unity that was to be between them in chapter 12 uh, in regard to their spiritual gifts. Uh, Unity in diversity in the body. Uh, even though we have different abilities and different tasks, we are still unified in our worship. We, are, we come together as one to honor God as one body. Each uh, member of the body it uh, contributes to the overall working of the spiritual body of Christ. Uh, so that was one of the things that he addressed in chapter 12. And we come to chapter 13 and we begin... Uh, we began by talking about the importance of love in our worship. And chapter 13 can be an odd chapter because uh, we, we think of it kind of as a random chapter of love. Chapter 14 is going to deal more uh, along the lines of what Paul has already been dealing with, with the spiritual gifts. But chapter 13 is not just a random chapter on love. And especially in my study for this lesson, I find it to be a chapter on how love is necessary in our worship. In regard to spiritual gifts, Paul begins chapter 13 by speaking of uh, the spiritual gifts that they had and how they regarded them. The speaking of tongues, the prophecy, gifts of prophecy, uh, special understanding and knowledge, uh, great faith. And all of these things, they they had the idea that if we are able to do these spiritual gifts or if we're able to to have these and utilize them in worship, somehow we are greater than others who cannot do these things. And Paul is telling them that if there is no love behind your use of these spiritual gifts, it doesn't matter 
what the greatest spiritual gift is, and it doesn't matter uh, who has the ability to do certain things. If there is no love behind them, for doing them for competition, for instance, and to uh, be proud and, and boastful over these things, if there's no love behind them, they are worthless. Even if we give everything that we have and, and bestow our goods to feed the poor or even to sacrifice our own life for others without love, that sacrifice is nothing. Love is at the forefront of everything that we do in regard to Christianity. And then in verse 4, Paul gives a great definition of love. And this is uh, the part that you'll hear in weddings and things of that nature. Uh, we use this quite often for special occasions. Um, but it, again, this is a chapter that is devoted to talking about worship still. He's not changing the subject and then going back into chapter 14 and changing it back to where he was. All of this is necessary for our understanding in regard to our worship. Love suffers long, is patient, it is kind, it is not prideful, it is not boastful, uh, it is not envious of what others have, especially in regard to spiritual gifts. Love is not rude. It, it seeks the betterment of others above self. It thinks the good of others over evil intent. It does not rejoice in sin, but it rejoices rather in the truth. Love bears, believes, hopes, endures all that it faces and never fails in doing so. And then we come to verse 8, which, which is where I want us to pick up for today and, and to finish out our lesson uh, on love and worship. And, and today I want us to notice uh, what Paul says specifically about the spiritual gifts. I mentioned before that these spiritual gifts were not to last. They were not going to be forever. And Paul knew this and Paul imparted that knowledge to the Corinthians and to us today as well through um, our record of his letter. But we pick up in verse 8 and we'll read through verse 12 and then we'll go back and, and get an understanding of what these verses teach us. Love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know, just as I also am known. The things that the Corinthians treasured most in regard to these spiritual gifts would not last forever. They would not endure. Prophecies would fail. 
and maybe fail is not the best word to use here um but uh, in essence what he is saying is that there, there's going to come a time where these prophecies would not endure and that's all he is is really saying here it's not that the prophecies were not going to be um at least in this current time where they are using these spiritual gifts it's not that they're not going to serve their purpose it's that they're not going to last that is what he is saying in all of these things um the the gifts of tongue speaking they will cease whether there is knowledge a special spiritual knowledge given by the spirit it will vanish away all of these things are done with a partial knowledge of God's full intent when Jesus came and when he died on the cross he he allowed the apostles to uh, to to have these spiritual gifts to impart these spiritual gifts but when the apostles who were the only ones that could could pass these things on basically whenever they passed away so did these spiritual gifts without the apostles there's no way to pass these gifts on to other people and there's really no need because in the apostles we we have through their lifetimes they wrote these letters they gave us an understanding of the things that they had been taught so that we would have that understanding and we have a a perfect record of those things in the canon of the scriptures all of these things that were done with partial knowledge of god's full intent and and knowledge of his plan we now have full knowledge of his plan because we have the word of god so while they are performing these spiritual gifts and while they're able to do these things to help others believe that god is and that god is able to to give these abilities that god has that power now through a recording of all of these things in the form of of the scriptures now we have god's perfect plan those things which were done in part are no longer done because we have full knowledge of what god intended verse 10 but when that which is perfect has come then that which is in part will be done away so as we look at god's word we have the perfection everything that we need in order to be pleasing unto him i think of second uh, timothy chapter 3 and verses 16 and 17 here all scripture is given by inspiration of god and is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness that the man of god may be complete may be complete thoroughly equipped for every good work we have everything that we need in order to be pleasing to god we have full knowledge and understanding of his plan of his will and we can perform his will according to what he has said 
So all of those things that were done in part with partial knowledge of God's plan, we now have full revelation of in his word. When that which is perfect has come, I think of that as the knowledge of the scriptures. When that which is perfect has come, then that which is done in part, the spiritual gifts, will be done away. So what was once known only in partiality is now revealed through Christ and his word. And especially in eternity, these gifts were never intended to continue. But the one thing that will always remain is love. Love never fails. It never ends. It never ceases. The spiritual gifts do. But love is what we should seek above all things. Because it is the one thing that continues from their time into eternity. In verse 11, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. All these things are compared to childhood. There are things in my childhood that I didn't understand that my parents tried to teach me, uh, especially in uh, regard to the things that I did wrong. Uh, whenever they would punish me, I didn't always understand exactly why. But now as an adult, I, I have that understanding that I did not have before. And it's the same way with Christianity. There, there are things in their time period, the time period of the Corinthians, that were important to them. They were important to the context of their time, but they were not as important in the future. There are things that they were doing with partial knowledge, just as a child uh, would live with uh, only a, a limited understanding of everything that a parent is trying to teach. Christians then were living with a limited understanding of everything that God was trying to reveal to them. And it wasn't until later on that all of these things would be uh, revealed. But they had to understand this because uh, whenever that time period came, they would need to understand the necessity of putting away all these things that they had treasured for so long and thought was so important. Uh, whenever these things are no longer available, you still need love. And that's what we understand in our own worship, is that love is what continues even to today. Whereas they were looking at an image, uh, a shadow of, of what was to come, we see the reality of all those things that were to come. We today... In the 21st century, we are living in the reality of God's revealed will in its entirety. And we have to understand that too. We have to, to put what the Corinthians were doing in the context of what uh, their time period was. And, and that that was what God's will was for that time. But it's no longer 
for our day and time. We no longer have, have use for these spiritual gifts. We no longer have need of them, and we no longer have the ability to pass them on as the apostles did. But we do have God's revealed will. We have his word that tells us his desire for our worship, but know that the one thing that is over all of this is love. Now, we are not looking at the shadow, but we are looking at the reality of what God was trying to teach his children. Now I know in part, but then I shall know, just as I also am known. There's a time, uh, again, we are living in that time where we know what God desires of us. We don't know everything in regard to eternity, maybe, because we haven't experienced it yet. But we have everything that we need to know because God has revealed it in his word. And then you have verse 13. And now abide faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Faith is great. Faith is necessary to our salvation if we don't believe we will not uh, seek to please God we will not obey him so faith is of necessity hope is also of necessity hope is what drives us forward it it keeps us going uh, our hope of heaven keeps us looking to the greater reward that one day will be hope is necessary to our salvation as well and we have love these three things are the greatest things in regard to Christianity faith hope and love but Paul says in verse 13 in the latter part that the greatest of these is love it's not faith it's not hope but love why is is love the greatest of all these things because without a love for God, we have no reason to please Him. Without a love for man, then our worship is basically in vain. As he is addressed at the beginning of the chapter, no matter what spiritual gifts you have use of or have the ability to do, these things are worthless if there is no love behind them. Particularly love for brethren, because, uh, again, what Paul is addressing is the competition aspect of, of what they were doing, the, the, the things that they were uh, saying, I, I'm greater than you because I can do this or that. Um, Paul said that, that without love, our worship is nothing. Without love in our worship, without love in every aspect, of everything that we do as far as our Christian life is concerned if there is no love either for God or for man then all of these things before are in vain even faith and hope are worthless without love and even in eternity love is the greatest of all three our faith in eternity is brought to fruition. 
our hope in God and heaven is realized. But love, the, the greatest of them all, will reign supreme. So love is the most important. Love is the greatest by far. Now, as we close our lesson, let me ask you this. Is our worship influenced by the world? That's basically the theme of of all these lessons, uh, the theme that I've been using anyway. But is our worship influenced by the world? If we see others doing certain things, whether they be members of the church or otherwise, if we see the the worship of others and we, we take that example, I, I would like to do this or that because I think, is our worship influenced by the world? Absolutely. If we look at the worship of the Corinthians even, the things that that we have discussed in these chapters, are we tempted to be like them? Can we be like them? And is our worship, in essence, in vain? I think those are, are good questions for us to ponder. Worship of God without love is in vain. And as we look at the heart of man, and as we look at, at how we, we come into God's presence in worship, the heart we bring to worship matters. It matters. If our heart is not in the right place, if our love is misplaced in some way or fashion, then our worship can be in vain. So love is necessary in regard to worship, in everything that we do as Christians, love is the greatest thing for us to remember. Faith, hope, love, these three things are, are of great importance to Christianity. But the greatest, by far, is love. So I hope that when we worship God, I hope that in all that we do in life, that our love is properly placed. Love for God but especially our love for man. Make sure that we're not trying to outdo each other. Make sure that, that we are, are doing everything with others in mind. Now, if you'll stick around for just a moment, I'll be back to give you more information about our congregation and how you may contact us. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. On behalf of myself and the Mars Hill Church of Christ, we thank you for joining us. We hope you will be back with us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. right here on the Gospel Radio Network at tgrn.org. If you would like to contact us, our phone number is 615-203-3637. If you would like to find out more about our congregation, our website is www.marshillcoc.org. Our email address is marshillcoc at gmail.com 
And if you would like to contact us the old-fashioned way, our address is 1135 Rucker Road, Christiana, Tennessee, 37037. If you are in our area, we would love to meet you in person. Our service times are 9 a.m. for Bible study and 10 a.m. for worship on Sunday mornings. Thank you again for joining us, and until we meet again, may God bless you.